From virtual iftars to digital fatigue, this is Rooted Black Girls with Fadan Afnan. Sit back and ride out with us. Representing everyday Black millennial women of multiple faiths, cultures, and Ramadan and COVID-19 coping mechanisms. So today when we're recording, it is the third day of Ramadan. So I just wanted to kind of check in with you, Farah. How have you been doing? Yeah, so Ramadan kind of just slapped us in the face. And I think we were talking on the phone on the night that we were thinking about doing the IG Live. We're like, yeah. oh my God, Ramadan is tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and it just, it, it came and it's a blessed time, but we're definitely having to experience this during a pandemic, a global pandemic. And um, we're having to figure out ways to uh, connect with people during this blessed month that we often are together and communal and making the choice of going to Tarawih or playing with our homies or talking with our homies. And so we are going to have to figure out a way to stay connected, but also be kind to ourselves around not being able to get the full connection and that this Ramadan is different and God willing, inshallah, we'll have a different, you know, experience in the years to come. What about you, Afnan? Alhamdulillah, I think you, you said it really well. I, um, I've been struggling between, so first of all, I wasn't ready for Ramadan, let's be clear. Right. I, I, I thought I was prepared every year. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be more prepared than last year. I'm going to like have a plan. It's going to be great. And this year just really snuck up on me. Work actually got super busy um, as a lot of corporations are trying to make sure they're standing in front of um, COVID concerns with safety and things of that nature. So work has kind of kicked up a notch when initially it was a little bit slower. Um, and I'm also struggling between these two schools of thought, right? Which is one, you don't have to be productive at this time, which I totally support. And then there's this other part of me um, that really wants to stay engaged. You know, you and I talked and you know, that sometimes for Ramadan, I really like to cut back on like how much music I listen to and how much social media I consume, but we have a full blown podcast, right? I have a full social media channel um, uh, that I'm trying to run on the side. Um, and then for work, I have to be a little social as well. And so, this is going to be the first Ramadan where I feel compelled to try to find a new balance between engaging and being kind of um, uh, internal and reflective, like I, I would typically be for Ramadan. Um, and so I'm, I'm still trying to I'm still trying to find the balance, to be honest. And so um, that's just something I'm working on. Yeah, that's perfect for the guest that we're bringing on today, soon to be Dr. Duyan. She's actually going to come on and she's going to discuss uh, coronavirus. Um, and how we're coping with it, in addition to Ramadan and how we're coping with that and, and COVID-19, and then also self-care uh, systems to help us really take care of ourselves during this difficult time. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. We're going to um, bring on Dr. Duyan here, soon to be Dr. Duyan, um, as she graduates come this August. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring her on here. Christina Duyan, please introduce yourself. We're so excited to have you today. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Hello everyone, my name is Christina Marie Duyon, almost Dr. Duyon. I am a PhD um, in counseling psychology, graduate of Boston College. My specialties are issues of like race, culture, identity, immigration, but above all of that, mental health broadly. You can follow me on Instagram. These lovely ladies are gonna share my handle and love to connect with you all. So I feel like right now is just a time where everyone is quarantined either by themselves or with family. And you know, at first we were like, oh, this might be a week, it might be two weeks, now it's a month. Mm -hmm. And everyone's working from home or have lost jobs or their lives just look so different that you're like, how do I adjust? Yeah. Being that we don't really see a change on the horizon. I mean, I know Georgia has opened up some of its doors, but it doesn't look like life is going to be returning to what we knew of it before. Mm -hmm. And with that comes feelings of isolation, loneliness, general irritability. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be with your family and you're like, I love them. They're my favorite. But right now I think I hate my sister, right? Or like, yeah. how did I end up marrying this person? Because they seem to exclusively irritate me. Yeah. <laughs> or you're finding these issues with people that you love and you don't know what to do about it. And then when you're alone, you're wondering, 
how did I end up being alone for so long? And was this a bad decision? Mm -hmm. Should I have gone to be with my family, assuming you had the choice? Yeah. And for some other people, it's like they might be first responders or essential workers, which means they can't be with loved ones. Mm -hmm. And that can come up with all types of other feelings of disconnection and kind of confusion. Like, what do you do with your time? And I can't imagine how all of that happening. And then you have Ramadan coming. You're like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah, that's such a big thing going on right now. I know... Um, what I noticed was I was having a lot of anxiety around family members and friends being in New York City and then being social, a lot of social distancing or quarantining and one actually having COVID, you know, and I was consuming a lot of news during that time to uh, make a choice for myself to kind of uh, separate myself from all of the news that I was hearing about because I did definitely want to care for my uh, friends and family that were dealing with um, the risk of coronavirus and actually having it. And so how would you recommend managing um, outside of even Ramadan, just social distancing and quarantining and how do we maintain kind of higher spirits during this time? That's a great question. Well, I feel like first acknowledge that that's hard, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we're in an international pandemic. Whatever you do to take care of yourself might feel harder than normal. So mm -hmm. my number one rule is always be gentle with yourself. Like, Things kind of suck in all types of ways right now. Just be gentle with yourself. Limit maybe your consumption of news. So I have found that watching news is very distressing to me at this time. So I rather read my news. This allows me to skim it, stay informed, but not have the sense when you make mute news kind of like over the top so okay. that, you know, um, engage in some activity with friends, right? And this doesn't mean breaking the distancing rule, but I have seen people, you know, visit people and kind of sit across the street and mm -hmm. kind of chat, right? One of my favorites is I call a friend and we go on walks together. So every Wednesday morning, my friend and I, in our respective cities, we go for a walk. I tell them what I'm seeing, the new trees. I'm like, oh my goodness, you should see this flower blossoming. And you know, we kind of talk each other through our surroundings and I'm remaining physically active. And I think that can be really helpful to people, but also be mindful of the shaming that's happening on social media right now as well. Of you should be working out, you should be working on your summer body, you should come out of here with a business or a side hustle. None of that you have to take on. Mm -hmm. right your only job right now is survival and mental wellness so if you want to do if you want to um, start a hobby that makes you feel good don't feel the pressure to monetize it or turn it into a business mm -hmm. just do it for you so I encourage starting hobbies and this could be random things you can make kombucha you can start baking although I feel like everyone is baking right now so, you know, the baking, um, doing arts and crafts. I've returned to making my own hair products. I'd also recommend like aromatherapies. Light mm. candles for yourself. Put some lavender in your bath water, you know? Make some tea. I end each night with chamomile tea because the smell of it immediately calms me. Mm. Okay. Also, like, go old school. Play like puzzles, you know? Like, put things together that just allow you to be mindful and present. Mm -hmm. And that can be really helpful. And I think like the last major thing, create a daily routine. Mm -hmm. You know, try to wake up at the same time every day. Try to do things around the same time every day so that you can have a schedule that keeps you grounded. Because especially those of us who are not working, every day feels like the next day and the last day. Mm -hmm. All right. I think my uncle was like, you know, I have six Saturdays on a Sunday. Like every day feels the same. Yeah. So if you get yourself a schedule, you can feel more hopeful about, this is what I have to look forward to. This is what I have planned each day. Mm -hmm. And it can um, help you also build habits during this time that feel healing. Habits are purely a product of like repetition, right? So the more you do it, you end up building motivation and that becomes a part of your new normal for this time period. Um, I noticed on your personal Instagram page at uh, it's at christina.marie.duyan. Did I get that right? <laughs> you did. Yeah, you had an awesome post about digital fatigue. And I didn't know that I was having the digital fatigue. My main uh, choice of communication typically is FaceTime. I feel more engaged and I'm not as inclined to like go on Instagram and, you know, be on FaceTime. But now 
I have these Zooms. I'm, I'm one of those people who shame myself into doing too much. I'm like, you should do this webinar, you should learn this and you should budget. And you know, I, I wanna come out of quarantine. I said like the 96 bulls, I'm doing too much. I admit that. <laughs> but um, what do you recommend around digital fatigue with all these Zoom calls and FaceTime calls and, and trying to reconnect with people? Oh man, that's so rough. Like, quick raise of hands. Who is digitally tired? <laughs> Duh! Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> We're all tired. Yeah. And who has a job that requires you to have some type of like digital presence? Mm, okay. Because you're going to work fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I just sit there and wait for patients to possibly affect me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful to be on the front lines of helping some patients. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I was going to answer your question. I think, you know, for the job that I have, there's an expectation to be um, socially engaged. And even though it's on internal boards, like there's like mandatory fun, right? So certain hours of the day, or excuse me, of the week, uh, we're all supposed to be engaging and we're taking pictures and we're doing Zooms. And like, at first it's like a good idea, but sometimes now it's like, this is exhausting. I don't want to do any more Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> have your family Zoom, have your friends Zooms. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Right, and then you end up getting tired, although everyone is just trying to find a different way to connect. Mm -hmm. But when it's all via one medium, you end up finding yourself exhausted. Definitely. And you might feel some shame around not wanting to connect virtually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you feel bad, you know, my cousins and I are really connected and they wanted to do a virtual like um, hangout. We spent like six hours <laughs> and it was amazing because I love them. But I remember at the end, I wanted to get off the phone, not because I was done talking to them, but because I didn't want to look at the screen anymore. Mm. You know? Right. And then that can feel shameful. Like you don't want to hang out with your family. Yeah. Like they love you. Everyone's taking their time out to hang out virtually. And you just don't want to look at a screen anymore. You're tired. Your eyes might be watering. Mm -hmm. Right. You might even feel a twitch and you're like, what's going on for me? Yeah. All right. So I feel like with digital fatigue, do your best to monotask, which is the opposite of what, you know, we're taught. Yeah. You have to do multiple things at once because that's how you're productive and that's how you're a useful member of society. Yeah. And these smartphones actually recommend that they're made so that you can do multiple tasks at one day. I can talk on the phone with you, answer an email, but now it's excessive because our lives are digital, you know, our communication and connection with people are digital. And so I know we have to find some, some way to really control kind of what we're uh, taking in every day. Exactly. And I think that's why I recommend doing one thing at a time, first mm -hmm. of all. And then two, minimizing as much as you can, how much you're digitally, you know, engaged. I know um, if you're at work and they're like, oh, let's all share like an activity or thing we're doing that's helping us stay sane during this time. I kind of want to say what helps me stay sane is if we don't do these things, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that can be really hard for people. Yeah. But it might mean advocating for yourself. Like, hey, if we're having a work meeting that we know is just like a self-care time, or bonding time can it be a stay off the screen time mm. like can we just email each other one thing really quickly sorry what were you gonna say no i said i love that idea i really like that idea i might definitely write that down take it back to the boss like so dr duyon said <laughs> that's a good one yeah because you know this idea is our employers want us to feel like they haven't forgotten us and they want us to feel connected and still have that same office vibe yeah mm -hmm. But I know at least from my office, when we had meetings, we were no longer working with clients. We were together. There was like pizza. We'd have a little side chatter, mm -hmm. make a little joke, then get to, you know, the meeting stuff. But now we're all just staring at each other on Zoom <laughs> <laughs> and getting more updates about how, you know, the university is changing because of this. Yeah. That's not the healing um, experience that our employees want it to be. And it's not something that's helpful to us. So even if you're working in person like you are Farah, or um, you're going to work virtually like you are Afnan, you know, like me, yeah. find times to separate, you know? Ask for time away virtually. Ask that something actually be an email instead of a face call. Mm -hmm. Maybe call your friends like 
old school style. We did that earlier today. We did. I was like, I'm going to call you because I know we're going to have some like face-to-face time in the moment. (laughs) And Farrell was one of my favorite FaceTime calls. She would FaceTime me, you know, while driving. And back then it was a beautiful moment to connect, mm-hmm. but now because it's too much, do different things. Send each other an email. In fact, write a letter by hand. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Send a care package. I had a friend send me a care package from Boston and oh. it just warmed my heart so much to get something in the mail and it had all these little pieces of things she just thought about for me. Awesome. And like a card that just said, hey, I miss you. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And this was like two weeks ago, and I still feel so warm thinking about it. And that can be more than, you know, FaceTiming someone for the 80th time that day. <laughs> so I encourage you, like, think outside the box, and that will help rest your digital fatigue. You were talking about, like, tips in the beginning of, you know, we should have, like, a routine. And I really like that idea. And I was curious, like, if you were willing to share you know, as um, a PhD candidate or, you know, you just defended your thesis, what does your schedule look like? My husband is in his uh, first year of his PhD program and it's been really, really exhausting. Um, And so if you're doing an internship on top of that, I was just curious for like our viewers who are in school or are working online or doing some kind of internship, like what is an example of how your routine looks like just as like a point of reference? Because it's different than mine and it's different than FedEx. And I think a lot of our viewers would resonate with that. I like that. Um, so I can answer that question. I'd also be interested in what you two's routines look like right now. And we could kind of play off how to add parts of your routine that you've lost due to this um, yeah. pandemic and things we can add back in. So in terms of my routine, I try to wake up every day around between 7.30 and 8 a.m. And I go on a walk about a mile with my husband. We just walk around the neighborhood with like without our phones without anything just kind of looking at nature i live in a rather manicured neighborhood so the nature looks the same but we look at it every day nonetheless we comment on it we see passerbyers we wave at them and you know the conversation's not structured or even that interesting it's just time away and moving and it's a start to our day yeah how to get back home by the latest 8 30 in which case I make my breakfast and I listen to The Daily, which is a New York Times podcast that I love. Mm-hmm. And their episodes are about 30 minutes. So I make my breakfast, I make my coffee, I listen to the podcast, and then I'm at my computer by 9 a.m. to like start with my first client. And that's kind of my morning. And that has felt really nice because I used to have an hour and a half commute to work. No, no, an hour and 20 minute commute to work every day, which meant that I used to listen to um, Charlemagne the God every morning just talking wildness, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just going. I used to look forward to his donkeys of the day. And then I would do my New York Times listening. And I missed that because there was something about the drive that like got me ready for work. So I replaced the drive with this walk. Okay. Um, and there's no shame in the walk. I'm not trying to burn calories. I'm not trying to like get my heart rate up. I am simply moving my body and having this um, experience of disconnecting from my bed to my job. Mm-hmm. I like that. that. Yeah. Um, and I'd say in the evening, because I, I still work nine to five, I have a workout class that's live, Effect Fitness um, in Atlanta. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> they're consistent, you know? And I know every day at 5.30 p.m. they go live. And that's part of my structure too. I can't skip it. I can't postpone it. I can't decide it's not important because it's happening at 5.30 PM. So I get out of work. <laughs> I change my clothes. I go into the garage and I work out. After that, yeah, you're I shower, after work, work to like wind down. Exactly. That's, that's great. Um, but I'd be interested in like kind of what are you guys' routines or what do you feel like is missing that you used to have that you wish you still had? Um, for me, because like, there's, you know, for my job, like it's always on, like the machine is, it feels like it's never off. Um, and so it, like I could wake up and check emails from my bed. And I think that's a bad habit that I've started doing, um, just to kind of feel, get a feel for how my day is. is. Um, and so um, I'll check my email, just kind of see what's going on. And then depending on how urgent um, some of the emails are, it will depend on like what time I get up. But for sure, I'm on the computer by like nine o'clock. 
Um, so I might get up like at 6.30 and see something and be like, wait, what? And then I'm doing emails from the bed and then eventually I have to go and get into my work mode in time for like a meeting that starts at night. So it's very chaotic <laughs> from the morning. Um, something I'm really struggling with is the lunchtime uh, break. When I was in the office um, and I had recently, right before quarantine, I had recently transitioned to working from home. Prior to that, I had always worked at the office. Um, and so I was still trying to get like my rhythm because some days I would go into the office and some days I wouldn't. And then some of my peers are on um, West Coast time and some of them are here in Atlanta and some of them are in the Midwest. So I struggled really with like that lunch hour. In the office, I could block it off on my calendar. Me and my coworkers would go downstairs and we would just talk track, right? Like, cause we had really good relationships and we would go snack or whatever, right? We could walk around. Um, 30 minutes to an hour, come back and I feel really refreshed. Now that's very difficult for me to do because it's like where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the kitchen. <laughs> and the break doesn't feel as clean because everything is kind of like the whole house is like my workspace now, right? Doing work in the in the bed. And now that I hear yours, I'm like, okay, I need like very clear delineated separation, <laughs> which is like really comp like very common sense now that I hear you say it. But for me it was something I hadn't thought about. I was just trying to keep up with the go 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 um and then i don't have a very clean cutoff for when i stop working depending on you know what's happening in the work environment some days i'm still on my computer at 7 30. some days i'm finished like at 3 30 and it's just like i have extra time um and i don't have like a very good structure of okay five o'clock or whatever that time is going to be i'm going to get off the computer and i'm done it really just depends on what's going on um and so that's kind of how it's been and even now like sometimes over the weekend i'm working still Sometimes it's really, really light. It's just very, very inconsistent. I'm still struggling with that. It sounds like you're experiencing what I think many people are, which is the boundaries between work life and home life yeah. have completely become enmeshed. Totally, totally. So that must be exhausting because you're almost always working. <laughs> Look, Fana is like, hey, can we work on this? I was like, I'm tired. She's like, <laughs> she's like poor thing. And it's not her fault. And I realized like, I need to do better with time management. But it's it's very difficult because it doesn't feel like there's clean separation. Like like I said, the whole house feels like it's work. My phone feels like it's work, and it's social media, and it's rooted black girls, and it's like all these things at the same time. And then I have like my own social media thing that I do, so I'm exhausted. So yeah, any tips you have? I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah, I'd say step one, a strong disconnection between work and home, and the best way to do that is to designate where you work and where you don't. Yeah. So when I first started working from home, I was like, oh, I'm going to see like my um, meetings and clients, like I'm going to sit in my bed because it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. After two weeks, I was like, this was a bad call. Cause then I felt like where everywhere I was, I was working. Yeah. Similar to what you're saying. Yeah. I set up a desk in my room and I work at my computer. When I'm at my desk, I'm working. When I'm not at my desk, I'm not working. Hmm. That's okay. it. All right. And I take my lunch in the kitchen. Okay. Away from your computer. Away from my computer. When I'm at my desk, I'm at work. And I cut and I block off on my schedule from 12 to 1, I have lunch. At 11, 59, 59? <laughs> back in. I, you know, I, I walk out and I go to the kitchen and I have lunch and I have my lunch there. Yeah. And if I need to, I walk around the living room. My, sometimes I step outside and just feel the sun, you know, like you know that. that vitamin D, right? So I just feel the sun. Yeah. I go back in and I spend the rest of my lunch in the kitchen. And if I want to relax, I might lay on my bed. And then, you know, when my lunch hour is done, I then go back to my desk. And I yeah. think that if you were to find a place in your home that you're like, this is where I do work. It can be the kitchen table. It can be the living room, a corner of your bedroom, but it needs to be, that's where you work, which yeah. means that when you wake up, that's where you answer your emails too. Yeah. Your phone is easy, but then it bleeds into the peace that you get when you're in your bed. Yeah. I imagine that when you get back in your bed at night, you don't feel peace. No, it's like, I, I still, I'm like, okay, let me check, make sure I'm still, I'm still plugged in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. And I think I do need to make time to go outside. Yesterday was the first time I had gone further than the mailbox in like four weeks. And I was like, oh my God, the trees have all, they're full now. Cause it's, you know, the seasons has fully changed at this point. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I think I think I, there's a couple of things that I'm gonna borrow from your routine. Um, but I didn't realize how much I missed just the sun. To your point, until I had went outside and I was outside doing grocery shopping for normal non and stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to I need to reevaluate. This is not working. <laughs> So I think two main things, step outside and experience some sun on your face. It will also, vitamin D knows like it's happiness. Yeah. It, you will feel better. Yeah. So I might recommend stepping outside for at least a minute before you start your work day. Yeah. And stepping out at lunch at minimum. But the biggest thing for you, I think, will be separating work and don't take work in your bed. Yeah. Then your bed will no longer signify peace and sleep and relaxation for you. Yeah. Thank Your you. Only be for rest yes. and recreational activities. Outside <laughs> <Right. laughs> of that, you know, that's it. You know, if, yeah. and the thing about email on our phones is like we feel like we need to answer. Yeah. We don't. You can wake up. You can, you know, break your fast early in the morning. Like get something to eat. Do what feels like you need to, and then go to your computer. Yeah. And that's where you work. That's it. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was helpful. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to start. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to go. You have to go. Sarah is a mess. Um, there, because being a healthcare worker and I'm not able to go in as often, what my work has done is made it so we go at least, we cover each other. And we only have one person in each clinic. And so I'll cover clinics maybe once or twice a week and that's it and I actually really enjoy that time <laughs> and my chief of my department she called me and she's like hey you know I'm having some cross like flu symptoms or not flu symptoms but uh allergy symptoms that could be related to COVID I'm gonna get a test can you cover my shift tomorrow I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened last week but because when I am not at work I'm not working you know I the only the only thing that I can do is see patients and the way that my day usually is is Okay, I drive to work 15, 20 minutes, listen to those podcasts as I'm getting ready, drink my coffee. And before, um, my job would be, uh, I was a controller of my own schedule. So my first patient's at 7.30, I've made it at er as early as possible. And then I work so hard all day where I barely drank any water or even used the restroom so I could get out around three. You know, I had no boundaries at work. I was like, yeah, let's go, <laughs> you know? And so now I'm like, oh, wow, I have so much time. <laughs> so I can sometimes I go to bed at 11 like my usual time and then others I go to bed at like three or four um I'm watching more television I'm reading more books I have made the decision to kind of change my living room space where I've made like a reading nook you know and then yeah <laughs> and then my couch is like television and I've realized I haven't since I've separated those two spaces I'm not watching television as much and one day I had to tell myself, like, there's nothing good to watch. Turn the TV off. <laughs> Turn it off right now. So I have a lack of boundaries because I have a lack of work. And so I'm grateful for the time because I haven't had this. And I told Afnan maybe a few weeks ago, I haven't had this amount, this much time, free time since I was 15 years old. You know, <laughs> I was like, maybe summer breaks possibly could be related to, to this, but I've been trying to fill my day up with maybe a walk here and there, but nothing structured. It's just like, oh, I feel like it. Oh, you know, it's a flower child. It's like, oh, I guess. Like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so yeah, I've been uh, struggling and not struggling at the same time, I feel like. I mean, it sounds like you feel really understimulated yeah. and therefore you can't provide yourself the structure you need yeah. in order to make your time feel engaging to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I take every call. Um, and I'm, that's why I have a lot of like Zoom fatigue. I'm going to name it Zoom fatigue. <laughs> I'm like, and I feel like I'm grateful as someone who's social distancing by themselves. I'm grateful for people calling me. I was like, yeah, I have friends. But then at some point I'm like, wow, I'm tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't take these calls anymore, you know? Um, yeah. So yes, I'm not as stimulated as I usually am. Well, I think you're also some of that benefit from like, um, cap ends to your schedule mm -hmm. first bedtime oh, I'm terrible at that. yeah <laughs> you need to go to bed at the same time every day mm -hmm. and I'm not a big proponent of this in my purse like outside of COVID I'm like I sleep when I sleep yeah. but COVID I go I mean to be honest I was going to bed anywhere between midnight and 1 a.m 
Because I was like, I can still get seven hours of sleep mm-hmm. because I don't have a commute. But what that meant was that I was just overstimulating my mind, really late into the evening, which mm-hmm. then impacted my ability to sleep well. And although I had seven hours of sleep, I never quite felt rested in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's it. You are saying a thing right there, sister. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I'm still exhausted. And I'm like, I need to take a nap. I'm tired. I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning and I couldn't, I could not go back to sleep. And so you need a bedtime and you need a, a digital just said you need a bedtime, sis. I know. Thanks, I'm Mom. <laughs> yeah. so shout out to the Nap Ministry. Um, they're another page that I follow that talk about the importance of rest. Mm. But you need to set a bedtime and go to it every night. But more importantly, set a digital detox about an hour before your bedtime. Mm. So no TV, no phone. Mm. And this is hard That's because awesome. someone's texting you and you're interested. An article just came out. Yeah. Don't do it. Just like disconnect, read. I mean, stare at the ceiling if you want. But like, I know that sounds weird, but sometimes when you just stare, you can, you can kind of actually like sit with yourself. Like, yeah. how do I feel right now? Yeah. Am I okay? Am I not okay? What do I need? Yeah. You know, like that's when you can really do that deep check-in with yourself. And I find that doing it before bed helps prevent tomorrow's anxiety from impeding tonight's sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that will be a big um, game changer for you if you can set your bedtime and a digital detox. And in terms of your day, you might benefit from picking up a second hobby and structuring how you do it. Yeah. And I think for you particularly, Farrah, given that I know you, I'd say a difficult hobby. Yeah. I think if it's something that you can figure out quickly, yeah. you will find yourself under-simulated in a week. Yeah. So I'd recommend something that you find challenging yeah, I don't know. There <laughs> was like everything's so easy. I don't know what you mean. I'm so gifted and talented. <laughs> well, that's all great and amazing advice. And I think we have to add some structure to our days so that we can, you know, feel well rested and, and productive where we need to be and restful where in other areas. Um, so oh, now one more thing. Yeah. Sorry, one more thing. And don't feel the pressure to be productive. I use stimulated versus not stimulated because sometimes when we're under stimulated, we can feel bored and have like really low and depressed feelings and irritability. So we need some stimulation because we're beings, Mm -hmm. but you do not need to be productive. Like that is not a necessity. Yeah. You can come out of this having produced literally nothing and that's okay. Survived. Check. That's it. Survived. (laughs) But you don't need to be productive. Just engage in some stimulation so that you can keep yourself fresh and attuned, mm-hmm. but you don't need to be productive. Now, um, as we move into the month of Ramadan, it started for many Muslims on Thursday evening or Friday, you know, Thursday evening, I'd say. And so 1.8 billion Muslims are participating in Ramadan, but it's within this pan- global pandemic. Yeah. And so, as you know, I know you're familiar with Islam, like maybe through me and through your own readings, of course. Um, but uh, Ramadan is very communal. It's very community oriented. We break fast together. We pray together in the evening. Um, and our prayers are where they tell us to like have no space between the next person yeah. and the next person. Yes. <laughs> in the COVID world, that is not possible. And so we're not able to go to the masjids or the mosque at this time. And I uh, fear that some people feel really disconnected to this month. Um, and so I'd love to hear kind of your feedback on how, with this religious holiday, do we yeah. stay engaged? Now, I know other faith uh, communities have also gone through this with Easter and Passover. And so I know we're not alone here, but we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it's also okay to like uniquely acknowledge how this is particularly impacting your religious community, mm-hmm. right? because the way Ramadan is celebrated is different than even Easter is celebrated or many other holidays. So when you think about the fact that this holiday involves a lot of community, a lot of family, I mean, a lot of um, presentness with self and other, a lot of like focused prayer, and now you're by yourself maybe, looking at your same family members that you've been with. <laughs> um, maybe you're, like meals or the way that you're breaking fast looks 
and feels different than it normally does. Like maybe a grandmother always makes it and now you're by yourself trying to recreate it and you're like, it doesn't taste the same. Listen, FaceTime to get the recipes, okay? That's what I've been doing. <laughs> right, they're probably walking you through it and you're like, this isn't looking like the way you make right. it. <laughs> right, and that can be really challenging. So acknowledge that this holiday is gonna feel different than previous ones. But it also does not set the trajectory for what all future Ramadans will be. Today is today, this month is an isolated experience that hopefully we as a nation, country, and Islam as a religion will not have to experience again. And it might be a time to kind of reflect on what are other things you can learn about yourself and your community through this period of distancing, right? In what ways can you find um, a presentness and a peace through prayer that can make this feel manageable? And that might be doing um, community service work or connecting with your community in different ways. It might mean maybe you make some meals and deliver it to people, right? Mm -hmm. That could be a way of connecting with your community, doing the service-oriented part where you're caring for others, but by remaining, having some distance. It could be doing prayer on your own because you're, you know, the digital fatigue feels like too much, mm -hmm. right? It could be breaking fast via Zoom. And it won't be the same, but it's really nice sometimes when you have everyone who you would otherwise be breaking fast with, all just kind of yelling over each other constantly without clear direction <laughs> and with no words being really said while you eat and remain confused as to how this is helping you feel connected. But it probably does because you're like, oh, great. None of us wait for the other person to stop talking before someone else starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's first gen America. <laughs> We don't listen to each other. <laughs> right, but a lot of communities, you know, the uh, communities of color in particular, their ways of communicating are different. Yeah. Right? It's not often this first person speaks, three second pause, second person speaks. No, not at all. It's normally everyone yelling with love at each other about something insignificant, but with lots of passion. Yeah. Hashtag yelling with love. <laughs> That's a tweetable for sure. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's one of those incidences where Maybe you do like zoom in with your family and friends to break fast. And maybe you invite as many people as you can into your Zoom. Don't do it with just maybe your parents who are far away from you, but do it with as many people as you can, like build your community out into the Zoom. And take some time to kind of honor that you're able to participate in Ramadan right now. Mm -hmm. And that's not something everyone is able to do for various reasons, right? If you're still gainfully employed and able to purchase food so that you can like have any meals with your family, mm -hmm. something to take note of like, this is a positive thing for me, right? If you're able to cook anything for yourself, if you're able to buy the specialty things that you, that you look forward to yeah. throughout the year, like these are moments to be um, express as much gratitude as you can, because it can be, it can be very easy to lose gratitude in times of distress and isolation. Mm. And the more we express gratitude, the easier it will feel to, to um, engage with the spirit of the holiday, of what it's meant to be and what's meant to bring into your life and into your community. So I hope some of those are a little bit helpful, although I know none of it like reignites what this is supposed to be for you right now oh no for me like one of the things that you said that resonated was inviting like i look forward to inviting families to iftar um especially because i've recently so we were on our fourth year of marriage but for the last two years i've been trying like our traditional recipes um so that i master them during this time of the year so there's dishes i don't make any other time you're kind of like, like thanksgiving i don't make any other time of the year except this year um, and then I like practice and practice for weeks. And then I bring my family over like, look what I've done. I'm sure, you know what I mean? And so that the fact that they're not here every year, I usually add one or two recipes that I haven't tried. And so the fact that nobody's going to be able to come over, but I loved your idea of, you know, inviting them over via a zoom. And, you know, then my aunties can say, I don't know, mix it. Let me see what the consistency <laughs> looks like. So I totally might do that actually like a virtual thought where, you know, we invite them over and just, you know, just share with them. It, it's not to your point. It doesn't make up for the physical presence, but it's something. And so I, I think I'm definitely going to take that on. So I appreciate the idea. I love that. And you'll find that you even appreciate the noise of your loved ones, mm -hmm. even as they critique your food, mm -hmm. you know, like the sound of their voices in your home while you share a moment that they'd otherwise be physically present for. Yeah. 
it will, you'll find that it is soothing, even if it's bickering, even yes. if it's judgment, you yeah. know, because it will, you'll hear all the love that's always been there with it. Yeah. In a different way at this time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. And you're totally right about that. Like you miss the noise of the masjid and the kids running around and the option to pray away or like go play basketball in the corner. <laughs> it's just like every aspect of, of Ramadan has changed for us. And if anything, you know, the month is about patience and perseverance. And so it's, it's how do we use that during this time that's really having us to really tap in into the, into those spaces of patience and perseverance. This is like the ideal time to like, really see how far we can go with it but also be kind to ourselves <laughs> yeah yeah yes and i'd say also i know that there's like religious leaders like will pray right and mm -hmm. i know some of them are doing it via zoom yeah. yeah feel free to do it like um via not visual like just like listen oh, nice. like connect to the word and to yourself in that moment Mm -hmm. because if you're experiencing the digital fatigue like looking at a screen and looking at your kadan like this might just be a lot for you at once right mm -hmm. and it might not feel as restful as you otherwise would want it to be but if you can just listen that can often feel like okay i'm now connected with the messages that are being given to me yeah, yeah. And that can feel different as well maybe just like headphones and then you know but the screen is not engaging yeah yeah i love that no that's really great um, this morning, interestingly, I was, um, I want, um, I have a goal of reading the Quran during this month. And so this morning I, I'm just like, I kind of don't want to read this. I kind of want to hear it. Like I usually hear it, you know, cause we do a juz a night, which is a ch like a section of uh, chapters. And so today I listened to it on YouTube and I was like, wow, this was really granted. It was at five 30 cause I have no boundaries around time. <laughs> I was like, this was really peaceful to just sit here and listen. And I told myself, like, you're not looking at your phone right now. You're, you're just going to listen. Um, and so I really enjoyed that moment. So it, it's nice when someone else says it, because it's like, okay, I can actually solidify this. This is, this is something that's good. And then I can use my daily structure or my daily yeah. activities. There's yeah. something about just listening that forces you to focus differently. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you can be more present. I also encourage you to get dressed. Like, however you would normally dress do the whole thing like <laughs> i'm serious yeah and well at first you're like oh i'm getting dressed for the dining room i'm getting dressed for the living room yes you are yeah because this moment is not less special because no one has come over yeah i love that yeah that's true i, love that. I was nervous because farah and i were talking a couple of weeks ago and i was like farah i haven't worn jeans in four weeks and she's like put them on sis you don't know how far you've gone if you haven't <laughs> <laughs> and I was like really nervous and I was like oh they're loose this is great she's like Alhamdulillah. she's like oh I'm not trying mine <laughs> uh, I've gotten definitely gotten a little you know thickums in enjoying this time to eat and not speak through patients or uh, be in the clinic yeah so um, what ways would you recommend just self-care in this pandemic general self-care Mm -hmm. That one's can be kind of hard because I believe in like um, tailored self-care. Mm -hmm. So I'd always ask like, what are things that I'd say first, maybe address your like love language. So there are five love languages. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and if you're unfamiliar with these, it's by the Gottman Institute. I but, love Gottman. He's so oh, yeah. awesome. Yes. <laughs> Four horsemen. Oh, it's my yes. okay. So, okay. We can chat. All right. Um, <laughs> so, it's physical touch. Um, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, acts of service, and quality time. Quality time. Oh, we got it right here. <laughs> I'm I'm really poor memory, so everyone knows, which is why I, despite how many times I will talk about these things, I'm still like, which ones? <laughs> Anyways, so think about which one of these do you receive love the most in, right? How do you receive love? And that can be a place to kind of curb your self-care routine. So I'll give an example for myself. Physical touch and quality time are my top love languages, which are things that can be hard to do in isolation. Mm. So one physical touch, I like work out and I hug myself, right? Mm. And I um, sleep with like heavy blankets, right? I mean, I have a partner, but not everyone does. And sometimes you just need to like hold on to yourself, right? 
-hmm. or take extra time to take care of your body and self. So it means when you come out of the shower, take time to lotion your whole body, right? Assuming everyone's lotioning. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> no reason to be ashy for COVID. Um, but take time and lotion your body. Like do your nails, do your feet, right? Massage your scalp. Like pay attention to your body and what it physically needs. Be attuned to the different movements and curves of it. In terms of quality time, this could be because I'm an only child. But I can just, I just need to be alone and hear quietness. And if I can just sit in silence, I can just think. And it feels like quality time with myself. If I go for a walk by myself, I'll just kind of look around, like, what am I feeling, thinking, experiencing? It's like a check-in with yourself, you know, your best girlfriend, who is you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But kind of interested, like, what do you guys is like love languages? Like, what do you feel, you know, connects you to yourself best or do you feel love through? My love languages are, I believe, words of affirmation and quality time. So I think words of affirmation is a really nice one, actually, mm. because you can have conversations with yourself. Sometimes it's frowned upon in society to like affirm yourself or big up yourself, you know, especially I think as women of color, we're told to be small in response to society because our bigness and our confidence can make others feel threatened. But I applaud words of affirmation as a love language. So that means you look fairer dead in the mirror and you say whatever you need to hear. Like, girl, your curls are popping. Okay, I see you. All right, brows. Okay, all right. Like, <laughs> I know, I will say Farah though, inside secret, I've been trying to get my eyebrows as like thick and beautiful as yours. And the COVID has helped. Yeah, um, great. Thank you so much. I've had to conceal mine because they look right. <laughs> you know talk to yourself like say what you need to hear right mm -hmm. like and this this is what i mean also by the getting dressed you know go to work whether it's virtual or in person and put on a really cute outfit yeah and on your way out look in the mirror and say oh i see you okay who are you going to work for there's nobody okay. else what you doing <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe even play it up like put on a really cute shoe knowing no one will see your shoes right like just tell yourself what you need to hear and if it feels hard to tell yourself you know out loud you look good today you're really smart you're doing a great job then write yourself a letter as well um, my favorite is to write myself letters in six months so like write letters to my future self and sometimes to my past self depending on what i need mm. and i'll date it right so that i know to read it in six months if i feel like i need to tell myself something in the future and it would be like hey, Christina, today you found out this and today you felt this. And what you really need to know is X, Y, and Z and that you're trying your best and that you're doing a good job. And if it's not a good job, it's fine because it's your best and that's all that matters. And tomorrow we'll feel better and in a month we'll feel lighter and in four months you won't think about this and in six months you'll be stronger because of this. Mm. Right? I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who got some stamps? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that a great way to you know connect with words of affirmation you're telling yourself what you need you're supporting yourself for the future and you're giving yourself future words of affirmation because I'll say from personal experience when I've gone back and read my six months ago letters I've almost brought myself to tears I was like okay girl you were really there with me like we were spending quality time with ourselves mm -hmm. and I helped myself feel seen. Like I was able to validate myself in retrospect That's and amazing. it can be a really powerful experience. I love that. I never would have thought to send a message to your past self, mm. the future I've thought about, but I am really interested if I sit down, what would I say to my past self and how that would look? I love that. Yeah. When you talk to your past self, you almost develop, um, what do you call it? a persona of almost like a mentor yeah, or a kind of like a mother, right? And while you can have a loving mother, everyone out there, like you can have a loving, supportive mother, it doesn't mean that they're saying exactly what you need to hear, the way you need to hear it, when you need to hear it. And if you don't have a loving, supportive mother, but you know, maybe that person's trying their best, like you can be, you can mother your former self. Mm, yeah. So like, hey, 17 year old Christina, that was wild, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and but like it wasn't the worst of you right 
It wasn't the best of you, but it wasn't the worst of you. Here's how you've grown since then. And here's what I needed to know back then that I didn't. And I'll make sure maybe my daughter knows. Mm. Right? But kind of mother your younger self and give yourself what you needed. And when you read back on it in that moment or later, you will be hearing the words of affirmation that you've always wanted. Yeah. Afnan, what are your love languages? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, after hearing, I think acts of service has been one of the emerging ones. Mm. Quality time for me when I was first coming out of um, school was really important because I went to school a little far away and I really just wanted to feel connected. Mm. Um, but when, I, when I'm hearing from the both of you, I think um, acts of service has definitely climbed to the top. Um, and so something that I've been doing is like it's nine o'clock. What? I forgot my computer does that every hour. Oh, it's okay. I'm so sorry. Please. No, okay. I just was like, I know y'all heard that voice. Okay. Um, what I was going to say is, um, since we've been in quarantine, what I've realized is that acts of service is really my love language. I think when I was younger, um, it was definitely more quality time. But since we're always together these days, um, acts of service for myself has been really important. Um, when I prioritize doing stuff like my deep conditioning or my nails or waxing or whatever it is to make me feel like my normal, right? So my Sunday you know, self-care routines are very important. And I've had to learn some of them because I would usually like go to get like my nails done. And now just even taking time to like, um, you know, sit with myself and use my favorite lotion and just taking my time um, on those days of the week, that's really kept me sane. And the days, the weeks that I forego that, literally it feels like my week is firing out of control. Um, and as soon as I do that for myself or I sit and have a really good meal and I'm just like, oh, I did this for myself with love, I always feel more centered. Um, and so I think um, it's been difficult with COVID to try to do that when kind of like we talked about before, like my routines are all over the place. Um, but kind of through this conversation, it's helping me realize and become more intentional. And I think that's something I'm going to work on is to, to do more of that, um, both for myself and then also, you know, with my husband, since we're here together and, you know, and observing Ramadan. So if you know what your self-care stuff is with regard to acts of service, prioritize. But yeah, so meet your languages. And I think for everyone out there who's listening, what is your love language? And find a way to meet it for yourself. And that is your self-care routine. That's the thing that's catered for you. That's the thing you're most likely to do. And then the thing that is most likely to make you feel better. So the zeitgeist would tell you, do yoga, you know, all these other things. That didn't work for me. And if it doesn't work for you, look inwards. What is your love language? And how can you meet that for yourself? And if you're fortunate enough to quarantine with loved ones, how can maybe they help you meet it? assuming that they're not also irritated and tired of looking at you. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. This conversation was super informative. Um, and then just a really great reminder of sometimes things that we know, but when life is getting busy and in this unprecedented time um, is always like a great reminder to kind of get us centered and help us make the best out of a difficult situation. So we thank you here at Rooted Black Girls. We appreciate you. Um, we would love for you to drop your handles and for you to kind of tell our audience where they can find you if they want to hear more about this. Of course. So my Instagram handle is at christina.marie.duyon. So Duyon is D-O-U-Y-O-N. And I'm sure um, these lovely ladies will like post yep. it there too. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We're going to go ahead and close it out. But if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you guys are following. Um, and if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you check us out next week for our next episode. But until then, we'll see you later. Bye.